Section 10 of The Major Symptoms of Hysteria. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please contact LibriVox.org. The Major Symptoms of Hysteria by Pierre Janet. Lecture 10. The Troubles of Speech. Importance of the Psychological Study of the Disturbances of Speech. Description of some cases of hysterical mutism. The part played by emotion, by shocks on the right side the characters of hysterical dumbness, the forgetfulness of speech, the absence of paralytic phenomena, the alleged differences between hysterical mutisms and organic aphasias, the different forms of hysterical dumbness, aphonia, stammering, aphemia, agraphia, a case of hysterical word deafness, automatic speech during hysterical mutism or alternating with periods of dumbness, tics or agitations of speech, the emancipation of the function of speech. As we now know the disturbances of motion and those of perceptions, we can enter upon the study of a complex phenomenon which in reality is nothing but a mixture of the preceding symptoms. I mean the disturbances of speech. The function of speech plays a considerable part in every impairment of thought. It is always more or less modified in all intellectual disturbances. However, most mental derangements bear upon a somewhat higher level, upon the formation of ideas properly so called. On the contrary, hysteria, which bears essentially upon the voluntary functions of motion, upon the conscious perceptions, reaches precisely this mental level to which speech corresponds, and must determine very frequent disturbances in the expression of thoughts. These disturbances have long been known, but physicians have generally been inclined to consider them as being of quite a particular nature. They thought that hysterical phenomena could not be like others, and it seems to me that they separated far too much the disturbances of speech in hystericals from the pathology of speech in general. I should like to show you that all the disturbances of speech, whatever they may be, are to be found in these patients, and that you can study the pathology of aphasia in them as well as in organic patients, and even better. Now, when in the papers of Dr. Pierre-Marie of Paris the troubles of aphasia are brought nearer the disturbances of thought, it is interesting to study the hysterical troubles of speech in which the alteration of the whole consciousness is more evident. 1. In antiquity, certain impairments of speech had already been noticed, the rapid evolution and the surprising cure of which seemed unaccountable. The following observation made by Hippocrates appears to relate to a hysterical accident. The wife of Polymachus, having an arthritical affection, felt a sudden pain in her hip as her menses had not come. Having drunk some beetroot water, she remained voiceless for the whole night until midday. She could hear and understand. She showed with her hand that the pain was in her hip. This description seems to contain everything, the stopping of the menses, the arthritic disturbances, which are probably disturbances of motion, the preservation of the perceptions of speech, and the dumbness. It is not necessary to remind you of the story of Croesus's son, the dumb young man who suddenly recovers his speech to cry, soldier do not kill croesus we may pass on to modern times and remind you of all the stories of dumbness in possessed people and ecstatics i have already alluded to carré de montgeron's work on the miracles of deacon paris in which you can read the case of marguerite françoise duchesne after a fit of lethargy which lasted seven or eight days there appeared a nearly total loss of voice she was deprived of everything even of the power of complaining a month afterwards she recovered her hearing and sight but it was not the same with her voice which was never restored to her in the nineteenth century such cases became more numerous 
the english surgeon watson boasted of having through an electric treatment restored the power of speech to a young lady who had been voiceless and dumb for twelve years briquet gousmal revillot charcot and cartaz insisted very strongly on these phenomena which are now well known in their ensemble this accident may happen to confirmed hysterics who have already had many accidents of the neurosis after a somnambulism or a fit but they may also happen to people who have hitherto seemed nearly normal it is almost always brought on by a great and somewhat sudden emotion it was so for instance in the classical case studied by charcot a man of about forty living in a little town had saved some money his wife persuaded him to come and spend it in paris he settled with her in an hotel in the metropolis one day after a short absence he came back to the hotel and found that his wife had disappeared taking the little hoard with her the poor man was so upset that he was deprived of utterance and remained speechless for eighteen months now though seemingly cured he is still liable to the same accident at the least emotion or fatigue he loses again the use of speech for a fortnight or for two months notice by the way this character of hysteria when an accident has once happened in a particular and serious form it is always the same accident that reappears on every occasion the same remark applies to the following observation which i have noted down a man who is now forty-six has been ill since he was twenty one day at that period he was in a garden near a glass veranda a heavy object thrown from one of the upper floors fell on the veranda and broke some of the glass with a noise like the report of a gun our man was very much frightened and remained dumb for two months though twenty-six years have elapsed since the accident he never recovered from it the slightest noise he hears suddenly near him a word spoken somewhat too loud is enough to make him dumb again for thirty or fifty days in other observations the dumbness begins in young women of twenty on occasion of a fire of the break-off of a betrothal or of a quarrel with their parents in one case it is caused by the sudden appearance of a man disguised as a spectre the accident happened when she was eighteen and is not yet cured at forty-one sometimes the emotion bears particularly on the organs of speech or respiration it comes on after a sore throat or a disease of the chest in certain cases one must not forget that the accidents bore on the right side of the body a young man of eighteen fell from horseback on his right knee the consequence was a really hysterical hemiplegia of his right side and a dumbness a young woman working in a tavern hurt her right hand with a broken bottle she was first paralyzed in her right side and this paralysis seemed to extend to the throat for she lost the use of speech these last cases are important in regard to the association of paralyses of the right side with aphasias in another curious case i will remind you of the story of a woman a great spiritualistic medium who after having too often made use of automatic writing was affected with hysterical dumbness this again is interesting as regards the interpretation however it may be when this dumbness is constituted it appears nearly always in the same manner of which charcot gave a very famous and vivid picture the patient save in exceptional cases looks healthy and is not paralyzed he has not that weak and sickly appearance of persons struck with an organic hemiplegy consequent on a cerebral hemorrhage nor does he offer a very visible intellectual weakness the dazed look of the latter patients on the contrary he seems intelligent and lively he comes forward with an expressive face understands all you tell him but takes a singular attitude when he has to answer the characteristic fact is that he does not try to answer he does not make those efforts of speech that an aphasic person makes or that a foreigner makes when trying to express himself in a language he knows imperfectly he does not look as if he thought it possible to answer with words 
he does not open his mouth he makes no sound he answers with signs or else takes up a pencil and answers in writing in a word there is no imperfect speech there is no speech at all and there does not even seem to be any idea or remembrance or wish of speech the subject seems to have forgotten that use which men right or wrong have made of their mouths i insist on this character because all the authors with much exaggeration in my opinion make it a sign of distinction between organic aphasia and hysterical dumbness when you try to realize the reason of this silence which has often lasted for months together you examine the different peripheric organs and then notice the second character of our affection namely the total absence of paralytic phenomena the lips cheeks tongue and soft palate move easily in the most correct way the patient who understands everything does all he is asked moves his lips bares his teeth smiles draws his lips one way or the other makes all the movements of his tongue and that without difficulty no doubt i think in certain cases some reservation should be made about this somewhat too theoretical description of charcot's you will very often find in these mutes certain small localized disturbances of such or such an organ for instance slight contractures of some muscle of the tongue you must seek for them carefully for it is important to do away with them before trying to bring back speech you will also remark that the movements of the lips are not so perfect as charcot said there is no paralysis properly so called but there is often awkwardness clumsiness and ugliness yes ugliness these subjects whose mind retrogrades in my opinion lose the delicacy the perfection of certain functions and you can very well notice their return to animality from the vulgarity of certain delicate movements however i readily recognize that these motor impairments are slight and quite inadequate to account for the enormous paralyses of speech which are to be observed if we go farther we try to study the condition of the vocal cords this study begun in charcot's time is summarized in the thesis of cartas he recognizes that in reality there is no great disturbance in the vocal cords certain authors have tried to establish a certain degree of paresis in the adduction but i fear they have deluded themselves the only means we know to establish the drawing nearer of the vocal cords is to ask the subject to speak or utter a sound now as he cannot speak or cry he does not produce this movement before us there is nothing to prove that the vocal cords are not able to accomplish it if it were asked of them so we are again obliged to appeal to moral phenomena in order to explain the hysterical syndrome and all the authors are obliged to acknowledge that the disturbance is purely mental two one of the things that in my opinion obscured this study at the outset and brought on many difficulties is the difference that physicians at once wished to establish between these hysterical mutisms and the aphasias accompanied with right-sided paralyses which were observed to succeed hemorrhages and softenings of the brain and whose cerebral localizations were so eagerly studied in imitation of broca aphasias with destruction of the third frontal convolution were it was said the true impairments of the psychophysiological function of speech and these aphasias do not present the same symptoms as hysterical dumbness in aphasias the subject feels that he has lost the use of speech and he makes desperate efforts to express himself these efforts have some success for he has never lost all power to utter a sound he can give cries make varied noises with his larynx oftenest he has even retained a few words which have more or less meaning as papa come come makasi makasa which he repeats at random sometimes oddly varying the intonation on the other hand the disturbance spreads farther a patient who cannot speak at all very seldom keeps all the other functions of speech intact he has nearly always considerable disturbances of writing he can no more read or he reads with difficulty 
without understanding the meaning of what he spells lastly he does not thoroughly understand the words spoken before him these different disturbances which nearly always exist in germ in aphasia properly so called may develop separately you know the classification of the disturbances of speech made in this connection according to the predominance of such or such a symptom motor aphasias agraphias sensorial aphasias with word blindness and word deafness have been described nothing of the kind it has been said is to be found in hysterical dumbness which seems to be at once more extended and more restricted it is more extended for in this case motor speech is more distinctly done away with and the subject does not seem even to make efforts to speak as aphasia patients do it is more restricted for the disease seems to be limited to the expression of words and not to impair kindred phenomena such as writing reading and the understanding of words perceived by the ear so the two things are different and as aphasia was considered as the impairment of the function and of the centre of speech hysterical dumbness was necessarily quite another thing to these remarks which i think quite wrong we must first answer clinically hysterical dumbness which i have described to you after charcot is a type this word being taken in the sense given to it by this author it is a particular and striking case which is very remarkable from many points of view but was somewhat arbitrarily chosen you must not fancy that all the disturbances of speech brought on by hysteria are always conformable to this theoretical model we have first to put beside it many attenuated imperfect or rather incomplete forms in which the function of language is analyzed as the visual function was before one of the most frequent forms distinguishes the two degrees of vocal power we have at our disposal we have the loud voice with intense sounds which enables us to be heard in public and we have the whispering voice in which the movement of the lips and tongue is complete but in which there is very little emission of air very often in hysteria the first voice is lost and the second is kept it is what is called aphonia in certain cases the dissociation is still nicer certain subjects can sing aloud and cannot speak except in whispers these distinctions will remind you of astasia abasia in still other cases there are only slighter disturbances of speech the subject can speak but stammers or stutters or has a special voice more or less different from his normal voice i do not insist on these varieties because it is more important to study the varieties approaching the table of aphasia properly so called in my opinion many hystericals have disturbances of speech quite identical with those described as succeeding an apoplectic ictus here is an observation i borrow from the second volume of my nevrose idee fixe page 452 a young woman of twenty in consequence of various emotions shows for a few hours or days a very singular disturbance of speech that little resembles typical hysterical dumbness first of all she is not voiceless and can make a noise with her larynx she even utters cries either spontaneously or when she is asked nor is she quite dumb for she tries to speak which the preceding patients did not do she makes with her tongue and lips movements that produce articulate sounds but these sounds have no meaning and they nearly always consist in the repetition of a few incomprehensible syllables if i say to her miss x you walk much better today she answers smiling petit bedable petit bedable cha cha petit bedable to the question what happened to you today she replies very quickly petit bedable chapeti petit bedable we can draw nothing more from her she will go on with this jargonnage as she says for a few hours notice that we have here a real oblivion of the movements necessary for the pronunciation of words she is impatient at not being understood and seeks to answer by giving different intonations to her word petit bedable it seemed to us that the intonations were often right 
as well as the expressions of the face but the words never changed are other functions of speech disturbed the audition of words is not disturbed in the least she can understand very correctly all that is said to her she reads very well i mean that she does all you ask her in writing but she is unable to read aloud as for writing it is not totally lost but there is a phenomenon that appears to us worthy of a remark the writing has quite changed it has become very bad it is curious to compare her writing during this state with her normal writing you see that the faculty of writing is markedly diminished if not entirely lost how can we designate these symptoms if not by the usual words of motor aphasia or aphemia with a certain degree of agraphia it is needless to demonstrate here that these symptoms are hysterical with such a patient the demonstration would be superfluous besides these phenomena will disappear in a few hours we could if we chose cause them to disappear immediately during the hypnotic sleep which is easily induced the patient will at once assume a normal manner of speaking what is more as we shall see presently the subject presents even during her periods of disturbance automatic words which she utters during a state of delirium and which are quite normal it is then an altogether hysterical phenomenon and yet as you see it differs in no way from an organic aphasia such cases might easily be multiplied besides these cases you can observe as many phenomena of agraphia as you please i have already indicated to you the loss of writing as one of the possible forms of systematic paralysis charcot already pointed out some such cases in his leçon du marty lepine ballet solier published some i observed several you may even observe some curious forms in which the writing becomes again childish and is quite like old writing books of the patient can we go further do there exist in hysteria word blindness and word deafness for my part i am convinced of it and i do not see why this dissociation should not take place when all the others do it must be acknowledged however that cases of this kind have seldom been published i therefore recommend to you to study an observation that in my opinion is important the one which concerns a young girl called rachel and which i published in the second volume of my book on neuroses and fixed ideas the observation and the discussion are too long to reproduce here i only point out the principal points a girl of nineteen has a strange bearing as soon as we speak to her she looks embarrassed she does not answer moves on her chair moans and at last says i do not understand i cannot understand at first sight it looks as if she were deaf that is moreover the dominant opinion entertained about her in her surroundings yet this opinion is not right if you make a noise behind her she almost always turns around curiously enough if you put a watch near her ear she declares that she hears you may thus recognize that she hears the ticking of the watch at sixty centimeters on the right and at forty on the left the hearing of this girl was very carefully examined by monsieur gelet two different times his conclusions were always the same and quite definite this patient is not deaf by any means all we can say is that there is a slight diminution of the auditory acuity especially on the left there is no appreciable lesion of the external auditory apparatus but then why does not this patient answer us because as she says herself she does not understand though she hears our words they have no meaning for her it is the same with musical airs she hears them very well but she does not recognize does not understand them in a word it is the syndrome well known under the name of word deafness in the present case this word deafness is quite complete the patient has also completely lost the functions that appear to depend on word audition 
she is quite incapable of writing from dictation and of repeating even without understanding them the words spoken before her they are noises she says and she does not know how she could manage to repeat them the disappearance of that connection between sounds and movements has often been noticed in word deafness if the word deafness is complete it is none the less very isolated that is to say all the functions of speech save the audition of words seem to have remained quite intact now what are the diagnosis and origin of this clinically incontestable word deafness they are most strange a few years ago this already impressionable and nervous girl was being educated in a convent at the age of twelve she had a typhoid fever and remained weak and nervous though still intelligent and free from any disturbance of speech or hearing a short time afterwards she began to present odd symptoms about which unfortunately we have quite insufficient information for they were only observed by the nuns of the convent the child had a disposition to fall asleep in the middle of the day especially between one and four in the afternoon these sleeps were sometimes complete and very deep nor could anything awaken the sleeper who did not even feel prickings made in her arm on other days the sleep seemed less profound since the child kept her eyes open and went on with her sewing but she did not answer could not be disturbed and on awaking would say that she had done nothing and was surprised to see her work getting on this is all we know about those sleeps which lasted for nearly two years with the same characteristics one day the nuns became incensed at these continual sleeps and punished the child but it was of no use the chaplain was sent for and it was demonstrated to her in a fine exhortation that if she slept again she should first be shut up in a dark room and later on go to hell the little girl was frightened and swore that she would sleep no more when the hour of her usual sleep came she contrived through desperate efforts to remain awake it is impossible for us to know exactly what happened rachel asserts she had no convulsions went on with her sewing but felt her mind confused and her head as it were clogged moreover her recollection in this respect is very vague however it may be after a few hours discomfort she realized that she was no longer sleepy at all when she was spoken to she did not answer and her features assumed a dazed expression every endeavor was used to rouse her but it was soon noticed that she understood nothing and answered very badly what was exactly the extent of the disturbance at the outset our information is insufficient it seems certain that there was no paralysis but it seems that speech was disturbed as well as hearing however it may be the disturbance of speech did not persist after a few weeks she spoke correctly as now she had only a somewhat odd accent but the hearing of words made no progress she remained as at the outset incapable of understanding anything no doubt all this is not very definite and we may wish to find later on more distinct observations of hysterical word blindness and word deafness however these sleeps these somnambulisms the neuropathic disturbances which still persist the total absence of any symptom of cerebral lesion or lesion of the ear seem to prove that the disease approaches the great neurosis these observations which could easily be multiplied show you distinctly enough i think that besides the classical and typical hysterical dumbness there are all kinds of forms of this affection and that some of these forms are quite identical with what is understood under the name of aphasia so there is no opposition between those two groups of symptoms the hysterical dumbness of charcot is nothing but a more sharply differentiated more isolated form of the disturbances of speech the subject loses absolutely the power of speaking and loses only that he loses the power so entirely that he forgets it and does not regret it so that he has no longer even the idea of the efforts to be made this we already saw when studying hysterical paralyses and anaesthesias 
it is therefore very likely that the function of speech is also disturbed in the same manner in all those organic and neuropathic accidents three to understand the impairment of this function of speech we must rapidly make some remarks which you already know let us take up again the observation of the hysterical who to all the questions put to her could only reply with the words cha cha petit bedable often in the midst of this state of aphasia the patient had kinds of reveries or deliriums in which she experienced aloud either fixed ideas which preoccupied her or conversations she had just had in which she put the questions and made the answers herself in all those slight deliriums she spoke very correctly either in french or in english and there was no trace of aphasia left observe that in all those chatterings she said things she regretted later on expressing her secrets aloud they were quite involuntary words if you interrupted her if you attracted her attention to ask her to reply to a question you put her she listened tried to speak and no longer said anything but petit bedable in a word there was aphasia in conscious and voluntary speech and the normal expression of ideas reappeared only in the deliriums and automatic speech this fact is more general than is commonly believed in patients affected with dumbness you may often recognize in the period of dumbness itself that normal speech reappears during the crises the somnambulisms the dreams oppenheim indicated some facts of this kind gilles de la tourette describes a dumb patient who speaks during her dreams more often still those automatic and irrepressible words do not coincide exactly with the period of dumbness but present themselves in the same patients before or after this period we then find in these subjects crises of irresistible chattering to which we already alluded in connection with somnambulisms sometimes these crises come on during a sleep or an abnormal state but often they take place while the patient is awake and then he listens in astonishment to the words he speaks read again in the history of the camisards in the seventeenth century the anecdotes relating to the lesser prophets of the cévennes and to the most celebrated among them all elie marion he felt himself as it were seized by the lord he could no longer dispose of his voice or speak voluntarily he did not know what his mouth was about to utter and was quite surprised at hearing the fine discourses with which the holy ghost inspired him this verbal automatism should be placed beside the automatism of writing in the spiritualistic medium he also feels that his hand escapes his control and is no longer ruled by his will he is quite surprised at seeing what his hand has written it is a phenomenon of the same kind with the same group are also to be connected the tics of speech which are numberless in the form of coprolalia echolalia etc you will find a very good description of them in the little book of m segla on the disturbances of speech i should be inclined to go even further and to say that many verbal hallucinations of inner words are phenomena of the same kind though somewhat less marked in all these facts the function of speech which is by no means destroyed seems to escape the conscious will of the subject inwardly or outwardly he speaks in spite of himself and without any participation of his self it is a mechanism which has emancipated itself well i believe that for this fact as for the preceding ones this symptom of agitation of automatic functioning of the function should be placed beside the paralysis bearing on the same function they are two parallel and concomitant phenomena one more example occurs to me bez had very varied crises in the hospital after her ordinary crises in which she had cried to exhaustion she retained perfectly the power of speaking but she had special crises in which her speech seemed as it were to be thrown out of gear in which she chattered in a low voice with extreme volubility after these crises she always awoke dumb the emancipation of speech brought on dumbness 
this we have already seen in the somnambulism that brings about amnesia in korea and in the tick that brings about paralysis here again everything happens as if the system of the movements and images that constitute speech separated from the personality and functioned apart in an automatic and at the same time inferior and as it were degraded manner end of section ten